0: hey guys how's it going today we have a very special guest that will be joining our show we want to welcome her to the human rights radio show we have dr. Sharita Yazid N.D. who is a holistic lifestyle consultant specializing in iridology, Reiki detoxification nutritional programs weight loss Herbal Solutions, Holistic Mind, Body, and Spirit Consultations, African Dance Instructor, founder of ACAWF, which stands for African Culture and Wellness Festival. She is also founder of a Vegan All-Star. She's a chef, vegan all-star chef. Oh my gosh. You guys are in for an awesome, awesome show today, and I am pleased to tell you more about Dr. Sharita, who is a naturopathic doctor from the U.S. and is now residing in Ghana. As the CEO of New Body Products of Ghana, originally established in 1976 in Compton, California, U.S., Dr. Sharita has been helping people heal themselves through natural foods, herbal medicine exercise and meditation for over 30 years the body has a physical mental and spiritual body and that all three have to be addressed in order to bring the body back to its whole form growing up in her parents growing up in her parents dr paul goss and mrs alizania goss natural food store in a predominantly black community where there is a high risk of hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, and depression. She saw the need to continue her parents' work of healing the community through holistic methods. Dr. Sherita's journey as a healer started with her father, Dr. Paul Goss, who is a world renowned master, iridologist, and naturopath, and also founder of New Body Products. Dr. Sharita uses a variety of healing modalities to identify the imbalances in one's body to determine what programs to put her clients on. As a child, this is a quote from Dr. Sharita: as a child, I grew up in a household of holistic healers. I've been vegetarian since the age of two with a little backsliding here and there. I suffered with chronic bronchitis, which made it hard for me to function as a normal child. As a result of eating vegetarian, taking herbal medicine and playing sports, I was able to control this ailment. I'm ageless, have six healthy children and four grandchildren. I am a lifeaholic, passionate about African dance, energetic and ready to take on the challenge of helping Africans heal globally." End of quote. Dr. Sharita, as I told you guys from the very beginning, she is a phenomenal woman and a great asset in the communities. Whatever she touches, it flourishes. It's a gold mine. And she has done just that. She has touched the hearts of many around the world, she has paved the way for many of us. Around the world. Dr. Sharita has made media appearances on TV3, Sunrise Morning Show, every Saturday morning live since April 2012, teaching the healing benefits of natural food. Also, special appearances on Live FM, GTV, Sky TV, Crystal TV, Multi TV, Net2, Radio Gold, Twin City Radio. Uh, she's going to have to correct me on the pronunciation of this name, Twin City Radio Takarati, XFM, and Aseda FM Takarati in Ghana. Uh, The Carl Nelson Show, WCLK, and WRFG in Atlanta. Black Centennial, Los Angeles, LIB Radio, Inner Light Radio in the United States, and now she has appeared on Human Rights Radio. And we are just honored to have Dr. Sharita, who is world renowned. I just love her energy, I love her spirit, and so will you. Dr. Sharita is hosting a series of holistic wellness classes, starting with vegetarian cooking classes featuring. The vegan all stars. This is more than just cooking classes. It is taught by health experts that teach the healing effects of food, information on how to cook to prevent disease and strengthen your immune system, as well as how to cook for people with hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, fibroids, cancer, and more. The participants will also learn the detrimental effects of food. We want to erase the myth that you can't enjoy a meal without meat. And that is so true. For those of you that are interested in reaching Dr. Sharita, for more information on Dr. Sharita, check out New Body Products, R-A-C-A-W-F. Which stands for African Culture and Wellness Festival. You can call her at 0241 453 871 in Ghana or 770 316 4217 in the U.S. And also her email is Dr. Sharita, that's D R S H A R I T A. At gmail.com or info at a c a w f guys I am so excited to have our beloved sister friend dr. Sharita on the line with us today and I'm, I'm sure that you are as well after hearing this magnificent background on our beloved sister I want to now go to the line and bring her in. Dr. Sharita. how are you?
1: Greetings. I'm wonderful. I'm great. Um, wow. I think the show's almost over, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think no, I just i
1: did you. I do all of that? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dr. Okay, it's a pleasure a and an honor having you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a
1: pleasure to um, be on your show. It's always an honor to be able to share with the family.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've sure shared just a little bit of information with our family about you and some of the initiatives that you have going on. And I tell you, I am just truly amazed <clears throat> at the great work that you have only just begun.
1: Yes, it's true. It's true. It's um it's still a work in progress and it's still a lot to do and as a healer, you know during this time we all have to step up. All of us that are healers, we all have to step up because
0: it's a lot of work to do. This is true. No, no rest for the weary. I tell you that. And so right. you founded Vegan All Stars and uh, the other organizations that we mentioned. So take us back to the beginning. Take us back to the very beginning. What inspired you to leave America? go to Africa, start businesses, and pretty much just evolve from there? What was the inspiration? Um, Well, I always
1: wanted to um, come to Africa right out of high school. Um, My parents are Pan-African, and my father has always pushed, you know, that everybody that is African um, should go back to Africa, should um, make a visit or go live or, you know, it was always about Africa, Africa, Africa. You know, all the images in the house, all the, you know, tape recordings, you know, Garveyites. You know, it's just it was just constantly in our heads. Um, we were always in the communities that supported that vision as well. So it was just always part of us, you know, because um, living in America or Amer Americant. <laughs> I, it's just one of those um, things where, as a black person, you just get tired of, um, you know, the, the same thing. It's just we go through phases. We think that we're okay. We think we arrive, and then, you know, something else happens, and then, you know, we're back in the same position, you know, after um, four or 500 years. So, after a while, I'm thinking, you know, there's no point in trying to, you know, be here and try to change all of this. I'd rather just come to Africa where, um I want to um you know feel live free and not have to deal with a lot of the ills that we have um in America, so I came first in two thousand six um after marriage um six children, breastfeeding, you know, and all of that, and then I finally had an opportunity to come and then um when I did come, it was like. Wow, this is like people describe you describes it to you. Um, My parents have been, you know, people try to tell you about it, but it's like trying to tell a woman who hasn't bared a child what it feels like to be pregnant. I can tell you everything, but you'll never understand until you actually go through the experience. So coming here was um, an amazing um, eye opener for me. I it, it, it was beyond my imagination. Um, even though I knew I wanted to be here, it was still more than what I thought it would be. Thought it would be um, a little less, a lot less than what I was what I um, um, was received with. I first went to Egypt for like three days, and then we came to Ghana, and then I was able to move around. I was with a group of eighty people, the 2020 group out of um, Philadelphia. And so um, as I got a chance to um, move around, there was opportunity to kind of go off the tour because the tours, you know, show you so much, but then it's kind of hard to see how people are actually living and things like that. So what I did was um, there was a sister who was um, ill that was pregnant, and I had a friend here that lived here that knew what to do for um, for her um, as far as getting her medicine, for malaria in particular. So we were able to kind of come off the tour and then go to her house and then, you know, go into the neighborhoods and, you know, move around Southern University and, um, you know, just got a chance to just do something different than you would normally do on a tour. And that's when I said, you know what, I can do this. I can live here. This, this, this will be, this will be easy for me. I can, you know, I'll, I know I don't know everything, but I'll, you know, I have people here that's been here for a while and, All I got to do is, you know, make sure my ancestors are close by and that I, you know, be obedient and, you know, listen to the people who have been here for a while. So I said, yeah, I have have a two-year plan to make my move here permanently, and um, and that's exactly what I did. I was supposed to be—I came back and forth for about four or five times between 2006 and 2008— and my goal was to be here permanently August 2008, and I missed it by a few months. I, I got here December 2008 um, because of different, you know, um, different um, obstacles that might have come up, but I was able to um, come. And when I first came, um, during that time, um, I brought my, um, it was seven of us, it was me, um, five of my children, and my mother and we all came on buddy passes from some friends of ours that only gives their buddy passes to people who are going to Africa. So we were able to come to Ghana for um, seven people for less than $3,500 altogether. And we have four first-class seats. So that that's was totally unheard of. You didn't hear about it again because <laughs> it was just for us. <laughs> <laughs> that was- Amazing. <laughs> Each ticket was four hundred and sixty four dollars. Yeah, so we I think we just have to pay the taxes or something like that. So that's when you True. know the answers was like, okay, we're gonna open it all the way up. Make it very obvious that you're supposed to be on this journey, you know, to come back home. So mm-hmm. that's basically how I got started. And so from there, um I I've been living here I think it's that's fourteen years now altogether. I got okay. my citizenship just last year, um November 27th, just celebrating our 1 year anniversary.
0: Ooh, yeah, and
1: Yeah, and and it's a special it was a special um citizenship. It wasn't just a typical protocol that we normally have to go through. It was okay. um done through a petition. And I can talk more, you know, about that a little bit later in the show. But basically, so I've sure. been here, I've had um I've gotten into um, TV and radio. That just kind of happened. You know, you come here with a certain goal to do certain things, and then the ancestors said, yeah, we'll get around to that, but this is what we want you to do now. And so <laughs> that's what happened. I, I um, came up with the African Culture and Wellness Festival in 2009. The, it was cut the concept. And then we had the first festival in 2012. So what, the reason why I got into the media, one, is because I had a lot of clients that just don't know what to do when it comes down to um, having a plant-based diet and, and making these changes um, that they need to make in order to be able to um, heal. And so, one, I, I felt we had to come up with, you know, some um, classes. And then also the TV was for... Um, so I can do kind of like a trade-off, so I don't have to pay for advertisement for my event. I, I did like um, like a trade-off, so I give them some um, con- TV content. Um, um, let Your Food Be Your Medicine was pretty much the, um, the segment. And we use food therapy. And they different recipes. We have the Vegan All-Stars is basically um, uh, uh, different chefs that have some of the best-tasting vegan food and they have, you know, um, books, cookbooks, or they do classes, or they have restaurants or catering services or what have you. And um, we just kind of came together here on the grounds and said, okay, let's let's um, do this as part of the year-round program for the festival. And then, you know, the cook will come on to do a demonstration of the food, and I will sit on the sofa with the host and talk about all the ingredients and the healing effects of it. And so we had one show, then two show, By the third show. It was like, this is it. This is um, a, a good synergy. You know, everybody, um, the, the producer got the biggest kudos from his, um, from his uh, bosses and his coworkers. And we were live for about, you know, 14 months every Saturday morning on the number one, morning show in Ghana and I think I was the only black american or only diasporan um on TV at that time definitely in reference to um health and wellness and um because there's other people here that could have did the same thing but you know it's it's like i know it was it was it was a struggle to convince them because you know of the language barrier really the accent is mm-hmm. english speaking here but really the accent but at the same time you know, I'm coming from a place where, you know, this is what I this is what I live, this is what I, you know, believe in and I know my stuff. So y'all gotta let me because sure. I, I got something to That's say. Right. You know, I got I can I can help. That's right. I can help, you know. So um so I was able to um get that going and then uh I got a plane flying over. And then also um, there was another station, GTV, which is Ghana's uh, first and biggest TV station in all the regions. They, um, because I was always bugging the, the Ministry of Health Department here, is always in their face trying to get endorsements, trying to get support, trying to you know, get them to come on board with what we're doing for the festival. and just different. Um, the Vegetarian Association that's here in Ghana, I was just involved in a lot. So I was just always in their face. So one day, someone called from GTB and said, "We need someone to come talk on the benefits of fruits and vegetables." And so um, immediately, my name came to mind because I was the only one on their mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was there so much; that I think they, the, everybody knew me. They, as soon as I pull in, pull in, they had a parking space. They just go ahead and say, "Go park right here, Dr. Sharila, You know, because it's just like, okay and then the, the um director every time he sees me coming was just like oh like t- tell it, tell her I'm not here just tell her I'm not around. I said oh no I see you director I see you
0: I I I tell you <laughs> I, god, see I need to
1: talk god, to you <laughs> god
0: works in spiritual ways god right exactly. works in spiritual ways I tell you
1: yes yes so um so it's been you know it's been just like you um, said it's it's a lot of different things that um I've um um, uh, taken on here and um, been able to um, progress a lot. You know, we have our product, um, New Body Products, um, which has been around since 1976. And Dr. Paul Goss, my father, is the founder. And we have over 130 um, uh, products, um, herbal products on the line. And so we've been doing that here in Ghana as well. And so um yeah, and then I'm also just now getting into sort of farming, cashing in particular. We're looking at doing hemp, and I'm also working with a woman's uh, farmers' association to help get them um, certain products to the market um, throughout Africa as well as um, to the U.S. and Europe. And so um, that's kind of like my new my new project because food is food is the new currency. Food right. is the currency, you know, always has food been. Has been. Um, but it's yep. something that we have to have control over. And because, you know, there's a, a lot going on here with um, agriculture and GMO and things like that, you know, I thought it would be very um, important for me to um, jump on board of that because, you know, food is, you know, a big part of my life. And food therapy is a big part of my life. So um, we have to make sure that we don't end up with the same Problems that we have in America due to having genetically modified um,
0: foods yes it is a problem it is a catastrophe to our people so we've talked about repatriation um, you leaving the states and um, living in Africa now uh, what were some of the challenges that you faced early on that you now look back at and say wow <laughs>
1: Um, that's a good question because I guess I've been here so long. I've just gotten immune to a lot of things, but, um, I would say the biggest challenge is, is, um, when it came down to people and them being straightforward with things, because people will tell you one thing and then, do totally something else or people will just, you know, kind of just lie to your face. Like, for example, buying land or, um, you know, just, just different things, maybe making purchases, you know, for certain things and people overcharging or, um, you know, just people just even in uh, just friendship and dating and, and things like that, people just not being, I just never. Um, Transparent. It, yeah, not being transparent and just, i just never been lied to like that, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm yeah. i am from the hood, so it's just kind of like, I don't know, I just, that, that was one of the things where it was like, okay, wait a minute, I got to get around my head around this piece because right. this is not, I didn't come here for that, and I, I have to figure out, you know, what, why, and then, you know, my father always said that, you know, African people as a whole, all around the world, we are ill because we have been oppressed for so long, so we have to be patient with each other and yeah. have an understanding that if if you know somebody is ill then you're gonna deal with them in a different way. As yeah, if you so felt you like treat they were, um, Yeah, you know, so basically I um I, I met a brother um a few years ago and he, you know, I told him he should have been at the airport when um I first arrived because he would have made everything clear for me and I would have been able to deal with things with a different um approach. So I asked him. I said, you know, one of the things that um, people have a hard time with, and um, is people just not being straightforward and the lying. It's, it's, it's. You know, it's too much. You know, and he's like, um, well, you got to understand, the colonial master kind of trained us to be this way. And he said that when the colonial master taught you to tell people what they want to hear and not necessarily the truth. And so when he said that, I lived in Atlanta for 20 years before coming from L.A. to Atlanta for 20 years before coming to Ghana. And when he said that living in the South, I totally understood where he was coming from because in the South, you know, you still have people, um, older people who won't look a white man in this directly in his face when he's speaking to him. And won't be, you know, straightforward. In other words, you see Mr. Charlie and Mr. Charlie says, you know, um, hey, Joe, how you doing today? Oh, everything is fine, Mr. Charlie. Everything is, you know, wonderful, Mr. Charlie. And, and, and knowing that Mr. Charlie's house is burning down, you're not going to say, oh, well, your house is burning down. You're just going to act like everything is wonderful and everything is good because you don't want to tell Mr. Charlie that your house his house is burning down because Mr. Charlie might think that you're the one that that's responsible for his house burning down so you just tell him what he want to hear and it's more like a, a like a survival tool a survival mechanism and so when he was explaining to me in this I was like okay all right now I can understand but by this time I was more trying to get a better explanation to give the people when they come in and and say something to me I had already gotten to the point where I know how to read when somebody's telling me something straight or know how to ask questions in five different angles to be able to get, you know, the truth. So I'm, so now I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. So I can see when someone, when I ask somebody a question, they say, oh yes, yes, yes. I'm like, no, let me ask again. And I ask another way, you know, and if I can say anything in the language and I try to, you know, throw that in there as well. And then it take, then I'm able to get you what I need to get you. so it's not so much of a malice in, uh, malice intent, it's just more of a survival mechanism and that's one of the things I think that is very important for people to understand when they're coming here because when you say something about your mama like um oh." Somebody's asking you maybe some money oh i need i need some money because you know my mother you know has passed away and me and my brother here we're we're hungry and we need to and the other and then next thing you know you see their mama pounding fufu in the house and it's like oh wow you know, Us in the states, we would never put nothing no, like do on play our no mom care. or no we don't, life, we don't we just care. wouldn't tell you know it's not that we don't lie because of course we do but it's, it's, it's just certain things that we just would not lie about or we wouldn't do things a certain way, you know. So, sure. um, you know, so so that, that, that's, I think that was the biggest challenge is getting around that. And I did. I was able, just like I explained to you, it's just a matter of, it's like when you're talking to, I have six children. So whenever somebody gets in trouble in the house, it's like, okay, who did it? And then you have the extra child, the seven child. Um, um, um. I don't know. That's a seven child. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't and know. So, right. Exactly. You know. So, um, you have to kind of, you know, look them in the eye and ask some questions a certain way, and you know, make certain threats or you know what have you, and then eventually you'll get to, um, who's the culprit? You know. So it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of like that. So I would I would say that was my biggest challenge and biggest, still my biggest irritation, you know, but um, it's all part of the pros and cons, you know, of living here in the motherland. Sure.
0: So let's talk about land. Let's talk about Mm -hmm. land ownership. Um, There's a misnomer that land is free in Africa. So we're going to clarify that right now for everyone around the world and those of us that are in the diaspora, land is not free in Africa. Let's talk yeah, about that.
1: well nothing in life is free. Nothing in life is free sure. if you want to look at it like that. But we do have some um lands here that have been allocated to, to um diasporans. Um in particular last year, during the uh year of return, there was a, a chief can't think of his name right now. I think it's Chief problem but um He's in uh, the Cape Coast area and been a chief for a very long time. So he allocated um, 5,000 acres just to diasporans. They did a big news conference about it. You know, they um, it's been sent on social media all over America, and different people are being interviewed in reference to it. So it is um, free land. Basically, you're getting, I believe it's a 70 by 100 plot. There is some sort of um, processing fee. I think it's less than a couple of hundred dollars, and then um, you you get the land, and you and if anybody that's eighteen or older within the family can um, get a plot. And basically, um, you have to build to what they call lintel level or roof level um, within two to three years, and then you know so that's that's pretty much the free land um, that's available now. And there's some other people yeah, who kind of allocated, you know, some places in Kumasi, Ashanti area, sure. and a few other so let's places, talk about that. we have some very cheap land as well.
0: All right, so let's talk about that. For the record, now, um, so we, we said that there is no free land because there is a processing fee, so you're paying something mm-hmm. for the land, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you're paying to get the land uh register you're paying the processing fees you're paying to build a wall around your property to to show ownership of that particular land uh, and as you just mentioned you have to uh build um is it the house or the fence roof level high is it the house the house, fence that the house came, but yeah house? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, again, guys, so those of you that are listening and you're looking for free land in Africa, well, there is no free land in Africa. We've just cleared that up for the record because you do have to pay processing fees. You do have to pay to get that land registered. So, there is a cost, okay, for that, all right? So, I just want to kind of clear that up for for everyone that's that's saying that land in Africa is free because when we start saying that there's free land, then you got people thinking that the land is free, and as you said, nothing is free in the world. Everything costs yeah. something.
1: Yeah, and every every piece of land you get, you're gonna to have to go through registration and processing fees and whatever, um, and then pay pay whatever the cost it is for the land. So maybe sure. it's free in the essence of um of um you don't have to pay for the land itself; it's just a processing. But, um, yeah, and then, of course, you um, just to, because you have um, a plot of land, it doesn't mean you have the money to build on it. So That's even right. if you do get the free land, you still have to um, come up with the funds to build yourself, you know, and you might and be you get have assistance time to for here to help everything. you do it. But, yeah, sure. but, um, definitely <clears> you have <throat> to have the funds. You know, mm-hmm. and then you have to figure mm-hmm. out where you're going to stay while you're building as well. So that's, that's exactly that
0: right. you know, have to pay? That has, time, to be, so. that has to be calculated. Yeah, yeah. It has to be calculated into that fee. And then there, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a time frame from from the moment you purchase land or you invest in your land, you've got, what, two years to either build on that land or build a fence on that land and or be living in the land of, of Ghana, Right.
1: Yeah, well, it depends on um, where you're buying land and the kind of um, deal that you make with, um, whether it's uh, family land or stool land, chieftaincy sea land or what have you. It, it depends on the deal. But for the most part, most people are, um, you get something what's called an indenture, which is something that leads to you getting your title. And um, it says that you have to build to lintel level or roof level within two to three years. depends on where you're at. The average is between two and three years that you have to build. And then if you don't, then they have the right to take the land back or you just come and have some kind of other negotiation. Some people, um, um, like with me, I was able to um, list some farmers, just farm on the land. basically it shows you that this land is sold and that um, – no, so, so it discourages anybody else from coming behind you and trying to buy the same land. So it's, it's good the best way to claim land here is to get the land and immediately put some kind of structure on it. Or if you have a farmer that can farm on the land, depending on how much land you have, then they're always there. So they'll let you. They'll they'll be the ones that able to protect the land and say no, this land belongs to um, Dr. Sharita and or a Black American. They might just kind of describe whatever, and then um, that discourages other people from you know, buying the land behind
0: you. Sure. And that makes sense. Uh, so I appreciate you for sharing that with us about the land. Um, you've got some initiatives coming up really soon next year. So let's talk a little bit about that. And then um, before we get out of here, I would definitely love for you to t- tell us a little bit more about the citizenship, the special citizenship petition that works in your favor. So let's talk about Africa 2021 Year of Healing.
1: Yes, so we have the uh, African Culture and Wellness Festival, um, and this is going to be the first virtual festival um, because of the times that we're in. Um, We're going to do it virtual, which I'm kind of excited about because I get a chance to make it a little more broad. I can deal with other um, countries. I don't have to fly. I usually have Muta Baruka and Dr. I'm a raw food chef. And I've had Queen Nafua and Master African Dance teacher um, Mustafa Bengora. I had different people to come through. This is a sixth edition. <clears throat> and by me doing it this way, I'm able to um not have to fly anybody in, <laughs> for one. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be... um a lower cost, you know, to do it. But at the same time, I'm going to be able to get more variety. And then I can get people, I I might even decide to go to Rwanda. I'm not sure yet, but I can do it from there. You know what I'm saying? I can be anywhere in the world and do it. So this is going to be the first year that we do um, virtual. And even when we go back into when things become, I won't say back to normal, but when things become better, then Mm -hmm. um, we'll be doing, um, you know, the festival as normal along with the tour. And then we'll continue with the virtual. So um, this year uh, we do a lot of different uh, workshops in reference to, um, like, plant-based diet. We have some different vegan chefs that come through and do some workshops. We have holistic healing, um, herbal Uh, herbalists that will come and show us different home remedies you can do for um, basic, you know, illnesses that we deal with on a regular basis. We have um, someone who does uh, natural hair and skin care to get people out of um, using so many chemicals and come out of these weeds and perms and things like that so we can stop, you know, harming our body and causing, you know, um, carcinogens or cancer-causing agents to build up in our bodies. We have, um, we do a lot of um, what we call Afro-fitness, so we have someone who does um, African um, Afro-aerobics, we have African traditional dance, we'll do comedic yoga, and we also have um, capadera, which is um, basically an African form of martial arts that's originally from out of um, Angola and become popular in um, Brazil. So... um, Yeah, and then we have something called the Peanut Butter Kids, which is a year-round program um, for the children um, where we get together once a month and do different arts and crafts to preserve the arts of um, Africa because that's something that's kind of going out the window as well. Just like in the States, they've taken a lot of the arts programs out and they're doing the same thing here. So we want to make sure that the children understand that arts is very important because it tells the history and the time of day of a particular uh, race of people in a time. So um, yeah. so we're doing um, some things with that. And, um, and then we um, have our different artists. You know, usually we have um, one international art- artist and then local artists. And then this time I'll be happy to have somebody from um, Los Angeles and from um, Atlanta, um, some other parts of... Um, uh, we're looking to even get an artist out of Barbados and... Um, of course, our artists here in Ghana. Then we also have poetry, we have spoken word. So there's a lot of different things that go on. That goes on, and we're gonna um, it's gonna go on from 12 midnight. I mean, I'm sorry, 12 noon to 6 p.m. Uh, GMT time, which is Ghana time, and that's um, 7 a.m. New York time or Eastern Standard Time. Okay. And wow. for more information, they can just go to the website or they can those numbers that you um gave earlier um well, I'll just mm-hmm. give my well, the whatsapp number it's best that, well, not call me but the, <laughs> to to give me on whatsapp <laughs> because my phone usually after interviews it can really ring, so um the whatsapp is easier for me to communicate with people, and it's a faster sure. way for me to communicate and that's um seven seven zero three one six four two one seven. That's 770 316 4217 and that's uh WhatsApp.
0: Okay. And your website for the Africa 2021 Year of Healing, the website is www.acawf.com www.acawf.com. So I want to make sure that uh, we send our listeners there to to support uh, your initiative and be part of this uh, awesome tour and uh, festive event. Uh, so, Doc, let's talk a little bit more about, we've got a few moments remaining. Let's talk a little bit more about your special conditions of your citizenship petition.
1: Okay. So um, December 28, 2016, 34, diaspora Africans um, who live here in Ghana um, were able to receive um, their citizenship here in Ghana based on being a petition that says that we are um, your children who were stolen away illegally and we have the right to return and not to be seen the same as, to be seen as a foreigner like the China man and the Lebanese man and the Indian man and the white man. So we don't need, you know, we're standing in lines in immigration looking at all these people and it's like, that don't look like us. And we're like, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be here. We should be considered differently. We're your children coming back home. You're always asking us about coming and bringing our skills and, you know, our money and this that and the other, but you're still not letting us have the citizenship. So it, it was a long fight. Um, over some, you know, years, there's people have been here almost um, 50 years, 30 years. And been fighting on the ground, but it was really a stronger fight, I would say, in the last um, maybe 10 years, because there was an African diaspora, um coalition that was put together with about 13 organizations here on the ground, Pan-African organizations on the ground that came together and said, let's um, you know really try to push this through. And w- with all of that, um, it still was having you know some run-ins because people you know were having trust issues amongst each other. We don't want to give up our information of what we're doing. We don't want everybody to know what, you know, our, our, the money that we bring in and, you know, just a bunch of things that we normally do, you know, as people when it comes down to how we don't trust each other. So that kind of um, got in the way. Then a few people said, let's just go ahead and just, just go in together and try to do it. And then um, that was going a normal way, which you have to be here like seven years to even qualify for um, the normal process. And so then that wasn't really working. So then there was a um, Dr. Mulana, who's a um, his, African historian here from out of um, the states. I want to say I want to say Detroit, but he's been here for for a long time, like um, more than thirty years. And so he's um, he's always been teaching African studies at um, the Du Bois Center. Just you know, um, I think it was every Saturday or Sunday for about 10 years and he's had lots of different people to come through and different students. And so um, one of his, uh, his um, mentees um, actually had grew up to become the secretary to the president at the time, President Mahama in 2016. So he was able to um, get to him and say, look, you know, you're the secretary. I need you to get something to the president. This is a petition for me to get my citizenship And based on me being um, uh, stole away and taken here illegally, and I want the right to return. And then he just basically put his information, who he was, what he's done since he's been here in Ghana, how many people he's might have helped through employment or if he has an NGO, just whatever, all all the information, you know, about himself. Put the petition in. The um, secretary slid it through, and then he said, okay, um, okay, we're going to give him citizenship. So he got it. So basically what he did was say, okay, look, this is what I did. And the same, it was the same petition that we had talked about in the first place. It was the same petition we had talked about um, during the times when every, when we were all coming together. It's just that he decide, decided, let me just go ahead and do it on my own and see what happens because he has somebody on the inside. So basically um, he decided, okay, I have mine. I'm going to show you, um, we're going to do the same. I'm going to show you exactly what I did. You're going to take my petition, put your name, put your information, put everything that you've done, and then we're going to all come together and then submit it, you know, to the, the same through the same process. So some people did it. Some people, you know, um, were skeptical about the process. You know, I, I was one of them. I was kind of skeptical. I was like, okay, let me see what happens to y'all first. <laughs> one of those type of things. And so basically that's a um, idea. Yeah, you know yeah, so basically they um they put it they put in so many applications, I can't remember how many it was, but out of um the ones they submitted, thirty four people were actually able to get their citizenship on December twenty eighth, two thousand sixteen. So this twenty eighth of this year is gonna be the four-year anniversary of the first time that African Diasporans has received citizenship based on that petition in the history of Africa. Oh, wow. So um, Yeah. So, That's a so after that, it's a serious milestone because we're talking about 400 years plus, right? So yes. um, it, was, it was a very big deal. I was there to be able to witness it. I think more than half the people that was there, I knew them. I've been known for a long time. And I was just really happy to see it, to be a part of it, just to witness it, right? So then um, those 34 people decided, you know what, we, this doesn't mean anything if we can't help other people get their citizenship, especially the people who have been living here on the grounds, you know, working hard, you know, been um, fighting for the same position and saying that we want our citizenship too, because we're tired of paying immigration fees every year. We're tired of paying the Obuni price, the foreigner's price for everything. You know, we're tired of this, tired of that, and, and we want to be able to be um, back home as as citizens. You know, we want to be part of this republic. So um, they put together a couple of organizations. One is called the Ministry of the Future, which is with Dr. Milana. And then we have BADA, which is the Bureau of African Diasporan Association or something like that. And so. Um, and then um, the African, the couple of other organizations that's under the African Diaspora Coalition um, also um, help their people to process their applications or their petitions. So, we, so it took another three years um, for that group to help other people. And then November 2019, November 27th, 126 more people were able to get their citizenship, and I was part of the 126. And um, I was number 103, to be exact. <laughs> so um, we were able to get um, uh, the citizenship, and then there's another 126 that wasn't able to get it at that time, but they're gonna be getting theirs pretty soon as well. I think with, probably before the year ends or definitely before um, you know um, March next year. Part as part of, of part of the year of return. I mean, the beyond okay. the return. Yeah. So, okay. um, and then from there, there's other people that have started the process of putting their petition in. So it's open mm-hmm. for other people to come and put their petition in. But you, one of the requirements that, that they do ask, as far as Ghana, which is through the African Diaspora and Affairs Department, um, is that mm-hmm. they ask that people at least live here, at least live here. You know, a good six sure. months plus. The other thing that's on the table now, um, that has come out of that, because it's been a serious fight. And the ancestors been just opening up the way, it's just like pushing the right people in the place. Somebody's in 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 these. Our ancestors are in their ears in their dreams at night. It's you know, we're in their water, we're in their food, some kind of way. We are that we are always on their mind about you know us coming home and being treated as um our um as family. So um, they have something on the table called the Homeland Act, which is basically saying your skin color is your passport. And if you decide that you want to get citizenship in Ghana, and I think they're going to try to push this throughout all of Africa, but right now it's Ghana. um, The Homeland Act is just going to say it's saying that you know you come home, um, bring course, bring your skills, bring your resources, come home, get some land, and set set yourself up, and then we'll make it. Easier for you to get your citizenship. You don't have to go through these petitions. It'll be part of the um, um, constitution. Yeah, so that's that's what's on the table now. Um, elections is today for the new um, uh, new president and new um, uh, uh, members of parliament. And um, We'll see what's going to come out of that. But each one of the um, presidents that's um, running, they both – well, first of all, the um, the two that's running um, have been running for the last um, few elections, and both of them have already given us citizenship. um, One, um, President Muhammad gave the first 34. Then he ran again, and he lost to this president that we have now. This president, um, President Otto, has given us the 126. And so between the two, they're both on that same agenda of making sure that Africans, at least that's on the ground from the diaspora, are getting citizenship if they choose to.
0: Wow. Now, that is news. That is music. That's what our people in the diaspora need to know about, because Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes you hear people saying, oh, I want to go to Africa. Oh, no, I don't want to go to Africa. It's so hard. What am I going to do? How am I going to survive? Well, you have just laid out the blueprint for those that are interested in coming to Ghana to live, that there's opportunity to work, to thrive, to live, to invest, in one's future. So I appreciate and applaud you all for the great work that you have done and for everything that you have accomplished and those things that you are currently working on right now. It is just uh, it, it's, it's, amazing, and, and I am so elated to myself be able to come and visit Ghana as well and to invest in land and property and following the footsteps that that came before me. So I, I just – I'm just eternally grateful for everything that you all are doing with Dr. Milana and yourself and the other organizations. Um, everyone is coming together to – for a common cause, one Africa. Um, yeah. Um, and, and I'm just so, 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 just so excited. It's just time to come that. home. It's just time to come home. It's time. Whether you come coming is. here to live –
1: or play vacation whatever Or you need to come and make your connection and and even if you don't live here but invest here you know make a mm-hmm. connection with somebody like you buying African clothes from the China man out there in um, in on um, downtown LA you got somebody right here that can make your clothes and you buying directly mm-hmm. from you know even if it's just something as simple as that come here and open up sure. a, a bank account you know but just try yeah. to um, make some kind of connection that you can keep You know for a lifetime
0: and in closing dr. Sharita if I may you had a special mentor you had a special mentor there as well with who you have learned from mama Amakas Can can we talk a little bit about that relationship and how that has helped you along the way uh, with the skills and and uh, with the uh, the connections that you were able to accomplish there in Africa
1: yeah, I mean, she she's responsible for so much of uh, my being here and um, and others as well. I mean, she's she's our mother, she's our mother. She really um, has a spirit of um, one Africa. That's that's actually the name of her business, her um, restaurant in guests. and um, it's in, it's right on the beach. It's a be- very beautiful place, and it was one of the places that I frequently visit especially when my children were here, it was, as far as they're concerned, One Africa is its own country. I told Tamal at the time, I said, um, One Africa is the smallest country in the world, (laughs) according to my children. And, um, you know, anytime I needed something, whether it was something like a a phone number or a resource or a shoulder to cry on because it's like, oh, my God, I don't get it. What's going on? (laughs) She's able to explain it. You know, um, um, and you know, we we just became close. We we've even traveled together. We spent time in Brazil together for about a month. I went for my 40th birthday and just wanted to spend you know the whole time there, and she came with me. You know, we've traveled to the U.S. before, and um, I'm even trying to go see her in um, Rwanda. And we just, you know, it's just she's my uh, my other mother, my my biological mother. I love her dearly. She's um, still with us, and she's in the United States. And it was, I think it was even a relief for her, for me to be able to have a Ghana mother over here, especially when she got to know her and meet her. She, 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 I think think it kind of took um, a little weight of of worry off of her. And so she's been here for um, um, out of Brooklyn, New York, or is it Bronx? Brooklyn or Bronx. And she's, um, uh, she's been here over 30 years. And she's just been on the ground. She's also one of the thirty to first thirty-four, of course, to get her citizenship. And she's been helping a lot of people. She was the one to make sure that mine got pushed through. She 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 was at the at the government saying, "Look, if y'all don't get anybody else to, um, uh, uh, citizenship, this woman right here, you better put it through." You know. So she just one of those people that really has your back. What we call ride or die out of Compton. What that ride or die chick. <laughs> that really um, makes sure that um whatever she says she's gonna do, she's gonna do it. Um she goes out people ask her to do certain things and I'm just like, Ma, I mean why are you doing that? You, do you know how to say no? You know, she said, Yeah, I know how to say no. I know when to say no. I know what I was like, I ain't never seen it. <laughs> I never seen it. You know, she just one of those people that just really.
0: Yeah,
1: and she knows a lot. You know, she knows a lot. She keeps herself sharp. She does, you know, the social media. I think you seen – send seen the video on the platform. And she's dancing with the youth. And, I mean, she was dancing
0: when she was getting and it. <laughs> she was getting it and getting it good. She was cutting the uh, rope. Okay. Boy. Yeah. So she and said, oh, she baby, just had a lot of energy. energy. She told me – she said, hey, baby, you ain't seen nothing. I was just getting started. I was just messing no, around. No, you haven't seen –
1: no. I mean, it's it's something, and she's – um. She's just a jewel. You know, she loves life. She and, 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 you know, when you're that way, people, they don't even have to know you. They just see your spirit. She just went to Rwanda about a year ago. And just in the first few months, people, you know, because she goes walking, and they're just like, okay, this old lady, how she able to She'll be 80 years old next year. And you would never know it. You would never know it. She still would put a bikini on and walk on the beach. She looks <laughs> She looks good, look good.
0: I would have never imagined that she was 80 years old. Not at all. No, young no, no. She, she doesn't
1: move like she doesn't act like it. I mean, I don't even know how really, you know, you're supposed to act because I'm coming from a family. My parents are like, you do what you're supposed to be doing. You tell everybody your age and people won't believe you anyway. So um, people, I, I'm 50 with six kids, four grandchildren, and people don't believe um on my age either. So that's, these are people that I get my inspiration from. So every yeah. time I talk to her, I'm just like, my, I mean, she's, she's funny. She I mean, she, she's um, um, very comical and she just, you know, she just knows what to say. She just has it. You know, she really moves with the ancestors and, and, and really try and, and really is obedient. And I just, it's, she just a, a person to watch, to um, pattern your, your your whole life after, you know, mind, body, and spirit. She just, you know, she eats healthy, and you know, she's um, vegetarian, I would say probably 90% of the time, you know, and, and like you said, she'll go dancing, she walks. She just has a lot of energy. So um, she's, and she's also been a very heavy on the political scene, and um, not just in Ghana, but in Africa. So she keeps her ear to the ground. So anytime I'm, I have a question about something, or even if I see, Something just ain't right. And I just feel like, okay, as an elder, you should know this. You should know that. And then she'll tell me, okay, well, do this and do that. Or let me talk to the person. Or let me, you know, and then she'll straighten it out. You know, and she don't play. She don't joke around. You don't, you know, she, you, she she's really um, a sweet person. But she has a real serious side that, you know, you decide you want to cross her. You know, she's from New York. You, you don't do it. You just don't do it. You think about it. You know, so... um yeah, she's, she's really a jewel, and um, I just encourage anybody who has a chance to come here to Ghana to definitely go to One Africa, which is her place in Elmina, next to Cape yeah. um, Coast, and her place is actually sitting between the two castle dungeons, one of Elmina, Elmina and the other one is Cape Oh, Coast. wow. Yeah,
0: I've and heard about that. Place. You know what? We, we are looking forward to interviewing Mama, Amicus as well. She oh, definitely. is a, Be a wonderful interview. You yes. Yes. To. Yes. Yes. We are definitely going to interview her. So uh, again, Dr. Sharita, it has been an honor and a pleasure having you on this show today. I'll make sure you get a copy of the link of our show today. Did you have any final words that you'd like to share with our listeners or anyone in the diaspora looking forward to coming to Africa? what would you say to them? Just,
1: just just come home. Just come home. Just make the trip. Don't have any expectations. Go online. Find a ticket. Pay for the ticket and come. And there's different protocols we have to go through during this time, but find your way out of that place and come home and and bring your ancestors with you and do that spiritual detox, you know, for the first week, two weeks, or what have you, and then get yourself immersed into into the land and see what opportunities are here for you. That's all.
0: (laughs) That's all. Beautiful. I certainly appreciate that.